back to Chapman. So, where we left off, we were going to get a little bit more, I guess, in detail about uh, your plant background, so to speak. Yeah, oh, how you got your start? Oh yeah, I guess we can get derailed. Yeah, we have a lot of fun, don't we? So, <laughs> it's a lot I of went. Crazy <laughs> so, Dad taught me how to be a doctor. I went to the University of Florida, and I went every. I was an architecture major when I started there. Just left field, and I ended up in chemistry. I was like one class from a math minor. I ended up, and what I really wanted to do is I, I evolved from the the Castaneda into reading, uh, like the Shaman's Apprentice and these things. I was really interested in shamanism and traditional healing and the plant aspect of it. it was just an interesting thing to me and uh and so i started gravitating towards that and i ended up uh becoming a botany major and i loved botany i loved i wanted to travel the world collecting plants and then they got into all this genetics crap i was like oh i don't want to hear i don't know how people use it i don't want to know what it looks like under anyway i digress so so i'm sitting in this my dad, bless his heart, he was always great in school. He said, you know, look, take, take your chemistry, take your calculus, but take something weird. Take something left field. And so I did. And I remember I was taking this class called Old World Prehistory while I was taking biochem and physics and all this stuff. And I had this hippie sitting behind me. And I do mean hippie. I'm talking like full-on Guatemalan clothing, <laughs> cloud of pot smoke over him like a... Yeah, like, <laughs> like Pigpen from Peanuts. You know what I mean? Like, this guy. And so we're before class, and I'm like a junior right now, or at least credit-wise. I've been there forever. And, uh, and I'm like, so what's your major? And he's like, anthropology. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I didn't really know. You know, I didn't. What, what do you actually do or study? How do you make money? You know, and he starts saying, oh, it's, it's archaeology, it's linguistics, it's cultural anthropology, it's this and that. And it just kind of went ding, and I realized that the guys I've been reading, like I've been reading Mark Plotkin at that time, who was an ethnobotanist, oh, it just, the light went off. And I'm like, I can get a degree in anthropology studying how humans use plants rather than worried about genetics and taxonomy and all that nonsense. It's just the light bulb went off. I went down right that moment. I went down and checked how many, and I was closer to an anthropology degree than I was to my botany degree because <laughs> all the other stuff I'd take along the way. I switched my major right there, and I ended up getting my degree in anthropology. And one of the things you can do as an undergrad, like once you graduate, I did some field work in archaeology. And I was a diver, scuba diver, so I ran some underwater archaeological projects in Central Florida. So that's kind of how I, I got my degree in anthropology. My interest was always in shamanism and traditional healing, hence where we are today. I mean, these are, I mean, my curiosity was... How does a naked guy in the jungle keep his tribe healthy without the benefit of Pfizer and Walgreens? <laughs> it's a legitimate question, you know? And it was a real curiosity to me. So that's how I came to more of a natural side of medicine. But I was still reading all these books, and I, I was reading Andrew Weil, you know, the bald guy with the big beard. And, and in, I think it was chapter three of Spontaneous Healing. He talked about Doc Fulford, Robert Fulford, who was a DO. And he was using his hands to heal people. And it was like a second light bulb. I'm like, so I can be a doctor? Like a white coat, Western, like a real doc. And use my hands to heal like these little naked guys in the Amazon? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I, I'm just coming, it's coming in shape. So that's how I got into osteopathy. I read about it right then on my old 486. Do you remember that? You old enough for that? <laughs> I don't this shit. You know? I had two 86. <laughs> I had 888. Oh, wow. <laughs> you do go back. I had that tapper game in there. Oh. I had the original. Press <laughs> That's awesome. 
<laughs> oh, I remember I like logged on to my 336, <laughs> made a sandwich, came back, the page is still loading up, found out what a DO was, went and applied to medical school, 11 months later I was in school, took my test, it just, once I was swimming downstream rather than upstream, that's how it was. Well, and then you also found something that you could really connect with and you yeah. wanted to get into it. So. Yeah, so that's, that's, how I, that's how I got there, it was my process and why I went to medical school with some background and some interest in traditional healing and natural healing rather than just pure West. So that gives you a bit of an idea how it was easy to integrate cannabis. It was a very natural thing. Yeah, because I remember, you know, we were talking in this crazy story you told me the first time and how you had a crazy beard from ZZ Top back in the day. And, and all that. Oh, he, I did see one. He did show me one. So, so yeah, it is, it's always interesting to, to hear your story because people really need to understand where it's coming from, your background, but how you might be on a path to do one thing in life and life takes you somewhere else. That's true. You and, and it just, and that's what happens. And, and obviously, this is, you're obviously in the right, right place. So, so it all worked out, of course. I, I think so. I think, you know, I think it was a, a real fit. Yeah. It I mean, is. a lot of people, have, you know, they struggle. What am I going to do? You know, sure. and you found your found your max. So, um, but yeah, getting back into plant medicine, and that's kind of how I feel like it did make that transition when we started talking about those natural products back in the day, and and what we said. And but how? Yeah, tell me a little bit when you started getting involved in cannabis. Um, you know, okay. Well, and, and so, so that, I came you know. to it from this from this perspective. So even practicing traditional medicine, like I said, I do non-surgical orthopedics, sports medicine. My practice is surfside non-surgical orthopedics. So right. That's what it is. Right. And and I always, you know, we run out of tools. So very early in my career, I'm like, well, I I got this whole toolkit over here. They didn't teach me about medical school, but. You know, a few million humans have been using it for a few thousand years. It might be something, right. you know? And so I started to use things like curcumin and boswell and things like that way back, and then fatty oils and magnesiums and things like that. And so I, I integrated them into my practice, not because I was a, a champion of the alternative medicine, but because I was failing in traditional medicine in so many ways. I helped a lot of people, but there was a lot of things I couldn't fix. So, you know, we, we took an oath to fix people. We didn't take an oath just to use Merck and Pfizer. Okay, you, you gotta use everything at your disposal, you right. can. So You would think that, or you would hope that every doctor had this, but they don't. You know, this many do, mentality. and many don't. Right. Okay, there are a lot of great minds out there who are really pushing the envelope forward against the headwind of politics and money right now. There are, they're out there. And so, so that's how I, that's kind of, I'd always had that in my practice, and I know, obviously knew about cannabis. I mean, you know, I went to college, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I studied it as well, you know, and the, the science behind it. And when we started getting access to it in terms of the CBD is when it really got exciting. I was like, oh boy, here we go. Because I was already pretty well versed in it, you know what I mean? I was, and so it was a very natural thing. And then that really started with just experimenting with it. And that's why I started experimenting on my patients and practice until we found a couple products that worked. And then we found the product that worked the best, and that was Pure Well. And this, and this, is, a, this is an honest truth. And it's not just because you brought me on here. And that's kind of one of the reasons I'm here is because it is the, it is the product that I'm willing to stake my reputation on. Because my entire practice is me, my, my reputation. If I'm a schmuck and I'm slinging a bunch of 
crap and it's clear I'm doing it for money, you can't get your reputation back. So it's a very delicate thing. You've heard, you know, one bad review takes ten good reviews to negate one bad review. So, so your pure will worked for me. Um, I started using it obviously for pain because it does work. Let's be very honest here. I need to let people know. If you crush your pelvis in a car accident, don't use CBD. Right. Don't just right. use <laughs> CBD. Don't just. You should use it. Use a band-aid too. It is. Yeah, band-aid. Yeah. Or two. And, uh, you know, we got to be realistic about this. And I think this is one of the things we go wrong is we make these grand claims that it can cure everything. And it doesn't. But what it does do is when you describe it appropriately, is it does work. And I think that's the other thing we need to really sell and let people know. There's a safe alternative for certain conditions that in doing an escalation from the most conservative, the safest, up to the higher, big, heroic procedures that we do, we need to save your life, it is a very appropriate starting place. And most should, and most cultures did until us. Okay, so it's kind of nice we're coming back to it. I started using it for pain early on and for pain and for inflammation. Um, it works well for anxiety and sleep. I see a ton of anxiety and depression, and a lot of people don't realize anxiety and depression are kind of yin-yang. Mm -hmm. They're kind of two sides of the same coin, and you, they can be comorbid. You see a lot of people with depression, anxiety, and a lot of people with anxiety have depression. It's not just one thing like we talk about in the commercial. It's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of people I didn't realize, realize they were that. more connected than I thought. You, you see them quite a bit. So, in cannabinoids, oh, we use a lot of benzos, Valium and Cisanex and stuff like that. Oh, cannabinoids work better. I'm telling you, I've used them so much. They work fantastic for anxiety, which can be debilitating. I mean, this is not just like, oh, I'm a little anxious. No, some people can't leave their damn house. It can really cripple and ruin people's lives or ruin people's enjoyment of lives. They go to a nice party with their friends at Christmas and they can't enjoy it because they're so damn nervous. They have social anxiety. You know, and without altering, which is another thing I spend a lot of time telling people, using CBD is not going to get you high. Sorry. You know, that's the other. That's the cousin. That's the Delta 9 THC. It'll get you there. It's out there. Trust me. So, you know, you can function. A lot of patients ask for that. Well, can, can I drive on it? Can I do that? I'm like, absolutely. This is not a cognitively altering substance, which is one of the beauties of it. What's the first rule of medicine? Do no harm. Right? So I think that pain and anxiety are one of the things uh, I started with first. Very low-hanging fruit for me in my practice. I see a ton of it. But the other one I see a lot of, which, you know, as soon as I mention it, somebody sitting in the room who's like, oh, me too, is insomnia. People sleep awful, awful in our culture. And sleep, like you mentioned earlier, sleep is an essential nutrient. It's like water. It's like food. You know, it's, it's sleep is a big deal. Air you know, let's, let's put those all four together. Air, water, food, and sleep. It's a big deal for our immune system, a big deal for our brain function, a big deal for our psyche, a big deal for our soul. And, you know, a lot of people sleep really poorly. And a lot of the drugs we use, I'm not going to go on a big side tangent of this, but some of them are exceedingly dirty. When you have these drugs that you wake up in the morning and you were painting and cooking and gardening naked in the front yard or driving... <laughs> Yeah. And you don't even know you were doing it? And that's like, oh, well, that's on the label. That's a yes. side effect. Yeah. That's not kosher, man. <laughs> it's not, not to mention there's a, one of those drugs that we had to cut the dosage in half for women 
because so many women were waking up the next day after an appropriate dose and a normal night and wrecking their car on the way to work next day. Wow. These are majorly cognitively altering products. And there's some of the big names. I'm just going to be nice and not yeah. mention, okay? Yeah. Most of you know what I'm talking about out there. So, so this is... <laughs> It, it oh. does kind of. Yeah. <laughs> At least that does what they call it when they're driving down the street and they have a taco in their mouth. <laughs> oh, the visual. Uh, so, so that was very probably the next thing in line that really became a big deal. And CBD in and of itself worked really well for it. But I think pure sleep was a game changer for me. Because just the change in the formulations and the focus on the sleep, a lot of people, let me put it to you this way. I don't have a retrospective double-blind placebo-controlled study for you on it, but people buy me out of it while I'm in seeing other patients at the front desk. I can't keep it in the office because it works. And they tell me it works. There's just some things that are just de facto. You know, if patients come back begging for it, it works. Yeah, yeah I'm not a hypnotist. <laughs> well, you know what it is? It's, it's, okay, so we get a lot of people on the show that they're always talking about, you know, well, I have to have my THC, or they, can I smoke on the show, or they always are having that. And there's nothing wrong with that side, that high and, and all this stuff. But what we're talking about, again, is a lot more of the medical benefit versus sometimes I feel like they're using marijuana as, I don't know what I'd say, crutch, but I would say... They're self-medicating? They're self-medicating, and maybe they're drowning out what that's actually going on because they're not really in reality like kind of drinking your problems away sure versus you're kind of smoking your problems I think away it's very accurate and and so and so i do see that a lot and i'm always like mm, like i hate that part of the business because that does not in that does not instill what we instill no. and when you're talking about dispensaries when a lot of these people are going to dispensaries and you know, it, it, it becomes an addiction. It's a mental addiction. And it's not a physical addiction per se, you know, but it does, I feel like it almost, that mental makes it a physical Look, there's no question cannabis is addictive. Yeah. Okay, Delta 9 and marijuana is addictive. Socially, behaviorally. I mean, yes, the physical aspect is a little different than opioids. But I'm talking a little. A lot of people don't realize this. There is a physical addiction to, to cannabis abuse. Now, we've got to be very careful about this because moderate usage, what's the motto at Delphi? Everything in moderation, right? Moderate usage is a totally different animal. We're talking abuse. Hell, reality TV's addictive, right? It ruins lives. Gambling. I mean, pulling, pulling the one-armed bandit in Vegas on a, on a bachelor party, you're not addicted, but we know it ruins lives. It's the same type of thing. Cannabis, when abused, does, is physically addicting. We don't talk about it. We used to say it's not addicting, but I need to be very clear on this. It is, and that's why we know these people like that. Coming out, I gotta, I gotta have my weed, man. I gotta have my cannabis, you know. And there are some legitimate detrimental effects medically to that depression, because cannabis is a, a serotonin-like drug, so it acts as a mild antidepressant. But not unlike our big SSRI antidepressants, if you use them continuously, they all will fail just by nature, by virtue of the way they function on the receptors. And we know that. Everyone we know who's a wake and bake pothead, they smoke more and more, they smoke more and more, and they get cranky, and they get in this and that, and if they're old enough and savvy enough, and they got blue cross, now they're on an antidepressant, right? What's the other thing we see when, when your old college roommate who was a wake and bake pothead? They all got 
gastritis reflux, right? They, oh, I just take Pepsid. I'm fine. I take some Tums, you know? Why is that? What do you get with smoking smoking pot? When you smoke pot, you get cotton mouth. What's the primary defense against gastritis in your stomach? And one of the protective aspects of the gastric lining is saliva. So suppress your saliva all day and go be surprised when you have gastritis. So there are some actual, which once you have gastritis and then you're taking drugs for it to suppress your acid, now you're not absorbing your nutrients, your so now we're talking a medical problem from something that was actually relatively benign when used in moderation, which I think is the big deal we're going wrong. So I, this is kind of a sensitive spot for me, kind of like you, uh, the abuse of, can of, of pot being confused with the medical use of CBD. It, and it, it really hurts people that can use the medical aspect of CBD or the medical aspect of THC of marijuana, which it has it as well too. It has a great anti-nausea, strong anti-nausea for people that are suffering with chemotherapy and other aspects. So, I mean, it has its place, but we don't, and this is one of the beautiful things, when we, when we legalize medical marijuana in, in this state and around the country, sorry, I love the fact that now I, as a doctor, don't have to worry about coming out and talking to you about it and saying, hey, you know these are these risks. We need to talk seriously about it because I don't have to worry about my license because, right. oh, he's an illicit drug user. You know what I mean? So that was a beautiful thing that started with the CBD coming out. And so I, I, I beg to differ. Cannabis is physically addictive. No, no, I, I'm saying, yeah. no, we are saying the same thing. I right? just and, and I'm glad that this is talked about. Because, it I, look, I'm a big proponent for cannabis. I love you know sure. the plant in all different ways in the healing. But we gotta we gotta be honest. We gotta have to be honest. be honest with our people, our listeners. We gotta live with ourselves. Yes. And and we have to understand that there's a place for everything. Yes. And you can't. I just don't like how they're like. Well, I rather just go to a dispensary. Instead of saying, no, maybe you really should try CBD or a little combination of the both. Or instead of you just masking your problems or drinking your problems away, masking your problems with smoking, and it's and it's causing some more severe Oh, things. especially if you're smoking and you're doing lung damage. Sure, that's a whole right. different ball. Well, what no, no, I mean, well, you just said. What, do we, know, what do we keep talking about? Starting conservative. Starting safe. Starting gentle. Starting slow, well, working slow. your way up. Well, cannabinoids is the same way. Why would you jump to the most highest super bubonic chronic marijuana pot that there is out there? Because it, it works some. Start conservatively. Well, because you always go to a bar and you say, I want 151. Yeah, or moonshine. Or moonshine. Yeah, let's just start with shots let's of moonshine. Let's just start with moonshine. Yeah. <laughs> Not, no, we don't care about <laughs> the team. This is Kentucky or Alabama. That's, that's okay. the only way to <laughs> Okay, okay. Caveat, no offense to Kentucky or Alabama. Love you guys. But you, you, I mean, you wouldn't do that. No. And especially if you were, or maybe you would, maybe if you're 21 having your first one, you wouldn't know any better. Like, I'm going to take shots. But that first night, <laughs> you realize real quick that that wasn't real the best. Quick, that wasn't you know. Smooth. So, but what happens when you go to a dispensary now? It's like, oh, what's the highest THC? What is a no. yes? What's the terpene profile? Why are you using it? What kind of milligrams are you used to? Is Absolutely. it's an edible? Let's start low and go slow. So, but with the CBD again, there's just too many more. There's just too many health benefits from this side of the plant that, let's be honest, the reason why we have legal marijuana in this country is because of hemp. Sure. Okay? That's how it started. And that's the truth. So they can say anything they want, and everybody wants to have a cannabis brand, and they want to have a... 
No. We have cannabis in this country because of the CBD side. Because how we started with epilepsy and Charlotte's, you know, well, and, and, sure. and, you know, having the epileptic events that she had and, and things like this. This is when they go, oh, maybe we should look into this. And then we started to get some, some, a little bit of medical dollars behind us and to start showing that they are helping with ep epilepsy. This ought done in moderation with the right dosing, doing the right studies. And then we started saying, well, that's just CBD. Now we have CB, CBN, CBJ, CBC. I mean, you, there's, there's, yeah. you know, like, and then we're like, oh, let's do a little more study. And that's why it's so important with a lot of, even with the blends that I do, is I'm putting other cannabinoids extra mm -hmm. in that because they do have their own effects. It's not it's something you're, yeah, you're like, not going to get at a dispensary. They don't do it. They don't care. They're trying to get, not that they're trying, they're not educated. They're not educated. You go in there and they're like, well, this is really dank, man. This is cool. And this will help you with sleep and anxiety. And, and they run it with the whole, the one strand, they do all of it. Yeah, so it's like, it's like, it'll just do everything. Yeah, man, whatever you need, it does it. It's the best. And yeah, it tastes good. And But then we're talking about having a bourbon or having a whiskey and having a glass of wine that it has a special taste and, and fit, you know, mm -hmm. okay, that's, that's something that I get. All of that is important. But if you're trying to treat a medical condition, please try to start with CBD first. Start with hemp, start low and slow, see what works for you. And that might be just enough that you'll never have to go and worry about, well, I wanna feel better, but I don't wanna be high. But why do you have to make that decision? Why can't you be better without being high? That's a big, you know, that's like, a big point. And I think we need to reiterate that. Let's make it very clear. CBD does not cognitively, does not make you high. What we're calling pot, marijuana, which has Delta 9 THC in it, right, makes you high. Okay, that right. is it. I just, I, I hate, I want to boil it down simply because I think people get confused by that sometimes. You should start with the non-cognitively non altering. How about in the elderly when we use it? Last thing I want to do is my 92-year-old grandma getting high and walking to the bathroom in the middle of the night, breaking a hip. Okay, so I, I agree. This this is a very legitimate place in the in the in the beginning of the protocol to work up through conservative treatment long before cannabis, long before um, marijuana. And now what do you, when you're, and you're in your office, obviously, and you know, you see so many patients and you've probably over the years of now getting more and more questions about cannabis than you did way before. Absolutely, no question. People I, you would never expect are opening up and they've heard about it, their granddaughter, someone mentioned it, their neighbor has it. She has it really works for her. And there are people you would never, grandma, like literally 90-year-old grandmas on their walkers coming in asking me questions about cannabis. But it's, why is that? Not just because it works, because of marketing good and bad, a lot of that stuff going out there, but, but really the reason of if this thing was gone. Not, not, it's not gone. But it's definitely it muted. It's muted. Yes. Because it's okay that I can go to my doctor now and ask about cannabis, where a couple of years ago, as they asked you, do you smoke? You're like, no. Oh. No, no, no. You know what I mean? Or, or if you smoked and on a drug screen we caught it, we were supposed to cease taking care of you. I'm supposed to, if you're on, if you're on a narcotic, you're a Vietnam vet, and you're, you're, you're beat up, shrapnel, you PTSD, and you come in, and I tested you, and you had marijuana in your urine, 
I'm supposed to cease taking care of you. I'm supposed to discharge you from the practice. Of course, I'm supposed to give you a psychiatrist to go see because you know they're going right there. <laughs> you know, but but that's literally I'm supposed to cease doing my job. Right, his father. They said, "Look, we have nothing else. We know that cannabis will help, but we have no way of doing it. And if he does use it." He'll be stripped of all of his insurance benefits or Medicaid. Or ben I don't know. I forget yeah, which one it was. I think it was Medicaid. They wouldn't be able to treat him. They wouldn't be able to treat him. Yeah, he was in chemo. He needs to eat. Um, this is the only thing that's helpful for me. But the nurses and doctors are like, look. We know. We know it works. We know it works. Use it. We know it. it works. But we can't. Right. So, it was a so we do have this issue. So, so when I, so how do you, so I guess, so how does that introduce, so how do you introduce it to, let's say we're talking about somebody that's maybe a cannabis smoker that does have some experience with THC, okay. but no CBD, or somebody that has no experience with either one, what are the things that you talk about and, and how to start or where to start? Or, I mean, obviously we have the different products, but where, how do you, well, you know, well, you know so that? that's, that's a big question. Well, I get where you're going with this. It's a big question. The first thing is, is uh, start low and go slow. That's an easy one. Okay. That's low. But the other thing is I don't want to do damage to a human while pursuing benefit to something else. So, I'm not going to put something in your lungs. People go, well, it's a vape pen. It doesn't have the resins and stuff. Do you have heat? Even just hot air can damage the lungs, okay? Um, second of all, everyone uses vape pens wrong. You, and you guys know this, I know. Vape pens aren't meant to iron lung it as deep as you can all the way to your knees and hold it for 60 seconds, okay? Because it's not a Cheech and Chong movie, okay? You're meant to be like smoke like a cigar. You take it in and it absorbs mucosally through the oral mucosa in the mouth the cannabinoids get into your system that way and you don't take it into the lungs. How many people here know somebody who does that? <laughs> I don't know anybody who's ever even knows that fact. So I, I'm not fond of vapes. The only time I would use an inhalable cannabinoid, whether it's medical marijuana or CBD, which I start with, is with somebody who has seizures. Somebody with, as soon as they get that prodrome, they know the seizure's coming, they need rapid onset right this minute. Fine. Use your vape pen. And they're out at, at school. They're in a class or something like that. Fine. You got a vape pen. That's what you use it for. With, 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 with sleep, with anxiety. Oh, say, just a quick thing. I did see it a long time. It was good to for a panic attack. A panic attack. Oh, yeah. Anxiety. Like high, strong anxiety. My father ran. I mean, his daughter was. I think she, he said, I think he was either 8 or 12. Um, I think it was like Ran in here like, I need a pen right now for my daughter. She's in the middle of having a full blown panic attack in the car. Yep. Came in, grabbed the pure ink pen, went out there, and she took like two puffs. I mean, and I sat through the window, and I could see her like he really gave her, and, she, and then like within a minute, all of a sudden you could see her breathing, like stop rocking. She started feeling. You could see the color. I see the color just watching it through the uh, door. So that's a, a great point. That's the the only other place that I've used inhalable like that was uh, acute uh, generalized anxiety panic attacks because they come on so rapidly. Yeah, but for like for just just. Daily anxiety, sleep issues, chronic pain, and stuff like that. The first thing I would do is I would go to an oral. Right. You know, of course, if it's local, topical, slam dunk. Oh, like a roll-on where you got just when you got just arthritis in your fingers. Oh, slam dunk. Roll-on's fast-acting, works great. I mean, absorbs quickly. You don't notice it. You know, that's that's okay. So let's step back. That's a no. A yeah, no I was wondering kind of what are the major. 
One of the questions I, I should have prefaced is, what are they asking you? What are the disease states that they're asking about? And then how you treat it? I maybe or what I should have really so, started with. So the the majors, the on, you on see those are the big ones. Right. So this is a, a pain, sleep, and anxiety. Right. Those are even seizure. I don't see a whole lot and things like that. But those are by far the big ones, which is a massive amount. Yeah, of, people. of course. I got to tell you, it's a massive amount of people. Um, I do occasionally see some people who are coming in on chemo. Uh, we use it for nausea. Uh, some I don't I don't think anorexia is fair to call, but some of the older people who just eat like uh, eat like birds, tea and toast. They're they're getting kicked, they're losing weight, they're getting thin, they're just not eating. So for appetite stimulation, it actually can work pretty well. But I have one for you that I discovered on my own. This is a cool story. Okay. So I've got 90-something-year-old, and I see her daughter as well, who's like 60. She's her daughter for fibro. I, see, I, I manage her mom, her bone density, her pain, and her arthritis and stuff. And she's aging. She's getting up there. And uh, one day, I'm seeing them both. A lot of times they come in as a couple when I see them. And um, the daughter says, you know, mom started acting really weird lately. I don't know what's wrong with her. She's like, around dinner time, she's just like getting wacky. Like weird, I found her, she was wrapping the, the cord from the lamp around her neck. I'm afraid she's gonna kill herself. She's just like, she's talking, talking nonsense. She's losing her mind. And like at dinner time. And have you ever heard of that? No. Now most people haven't. Well, any of the doctors out there. <laughs> so, like, I mean, it sounds a little exciting. So anyone who's uh, any doctor physician out there who's worked in a hospital in their internship residency has heard of sundowners. Sundowner syndrome is when the sun starts to go down, people get wacky. It even happens in 50-year-olds commonly more common in elderly folks but it can happen in younger there's something about the weirdness of the setting we don't know why but, but being in a hospital bed and weird and god knows what else they're giving you people literally lose their flipping mind it's like jekyll and hyde it's amazing and yet if you if you can control them 10 o'clock 11 o'clock they're back to normal it's not like permanent. They didn't have a stroke. They just, you know, they're back normal. It's called sundowner syndrome. It's a really weird thing, and it can be very difficult because they can get violent. They can get, especially if they have, you know, opponent dementia. And then it's gone again. I mean, here she was. She found her wrapping a cord around her neck. So, so I'm going, you know, and I know the the drugs we use for this, you know, and once again, some of these drugs when they're older, you don't want to fall and break their hips. What am I going to snow her with, you know, two milligrams of Xanax or something? I'm like, ah, so what do I do with this lady? You know, I'm looking at all the other drugs. I'm like, you know what? This was early when we first started, when I first started using Purewell, CBD. I'm like, you know what? It sounds like an anxiety type syndrome. I'm familiar with it. I've seen it. We used to give them big drugs and even put restraints on their hands and tie them down to the hospital bed in the hospital. It's called making restraint rounds. You well go around the hospital at 6 o'clock talking to the nurses, which people need to be put in restraints tonight. Yeah, I'm wow. not kidding you. This is not one floor of the cuckoo's nest. And I can tell you that most people have never even heard of this. No. You, you know, I'm a young guy. I did this. I went around and made restraint rounds because I had to. Right. And, uh, and, and that's how we address it. We snow them with drugs and we strap them down. Every hospital and every nursing home in America should have CBD on the formulary, period. 
We used to write PRN meds. As soon as you come in the hospital, I write things for constipation. Because you're laying on your sacrum on your back all day, you're going to get constipated. We just write them automatic. It's on there. Nurse, whenever you need it, you can use it. It's a PRN med. CBD should be a PRN med for every hospital admission and every nursing home. Because I said, just try. What's first rule of medicine? Do no harm. I know I'm not going to hurt her. Second rule, practice medicine. So I'm like, you know, use my head. I'm like, practice. Let's try this. I want you to try this around 5 o'clock before her sundowner comes at dinner time to give her under the tongue sublingual oil. I think this is probably a Wednesday evening. Friday afternoon, which for all you doctors out there, Friday afternoons are a bad time. Patients coming into your office at 4.45 on Friday, ah, oh, damn it. It's never good. Don't ever go to the ER at 5 o'clock on Friday. It's not going to be good. Thursday, you got a splinter. <laughs> Why? Friday? It's cancer of the toe, you're going to lose it. Okay? It's the crazy shit happens. So here she comes walking in with her mom, like, oh, she brought her in. Didn't even call. I'm like, oh, God, okay, what's, okay, what's wrong? What's wrong? She brings her in, and as soon as we get through the door, she sees a look on my face, like, what's wrong? She's like, no, 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 I'm here to show. Come see mom. Hey, mom, come say hi to Dr. Chapman. She's like, hi, Dr. Chapman. She's all friendly. She's lucid. She's with it. I'm like, so? She's like, the CBD worked fantastic. It's life-changing. I didn't have to worry about her. She wasn't wrapping the cord around her neck. She sat there during dinner and ate like a champ. She's happy. She's CBD for sundowners. Get it out there, Nick. Tell people. I try to tell people, but I don't do hospital work anymore. I don't work in a nursing home anymore. And a lot of people don't even know this even exists. And it's probably happening to some of your listeners now with their mom and dad, and no one's told them. That's what it is. They're not crazy. Okay, sundowners. It's just a thing that happens to humans. And, and I think it's, it's, again, what are the normal things? We don't hear this, but, you know, you just said, what are the majors before? You know, you have pain, inflammation. You have anxiety. You have sleep issues. Nausea. Nausea. GI. Anorexia. Anorexia. These are the things, but is there not a pill that's been marketed that is for every one of these things? So, that have a, probably a thousand, a myriad of side effects. Would it not just help to, or would it not just be a thing where let's just practice medicine or let's try something that maybe is a lot more safe, was definitely a lot more safe, maybe won't give you those side effects that you're getting, and might just work. Like, why would you not start there? You absolutely should. You know, and, and it's like, why, why? Because we know why, because a lot of politics, and, and there's a lot of things. Yes. This is why we have this show, to get educated on how can you help yourself, okay, with the use of something that is naturally brought onto this. Now, everybody says this. It's like this cliche now in uh, cannabis. Yeah. It's this natural plant. It's everywhere. Yes, but it is true. It, it, is, true. it, it is true. But, but what we're saying is, is that it's not just because it's natural and it's from the earth, though it is, and that's the most beautiful. It's truly because it is so effective without the side effects. So why would you not try that first? Like, I, I just don't understand. Like, why not just put down that burger and have, uh, you know, you, you, I'm saying, okay. Maybe, well, that's a different one, the behavior but, 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 of food but, and the addition right. to food. And but I mean, but they don't know maybe that there's a, 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 a burger alternative. 
I guess that's what I was trying to say. Well, or it is. No, maybe. But but you're spot on, Nick. Why why wouldn't you try something that I is safer? Like that, the, right. it's a no-brainer, and most people or sleep. You, when you say it that way, they get it immediately. And back to what you mentioned earlier, I think there's still even unconscious. Let's say there's an unconscious stigma, old programming. For years, we were programmed with reefer madness. You're going to jump out of a window. You're going to be an axe murderer if you use marijuana. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of bar fights after somebody smokes a joint in there. Yeah, let's 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 be real about this. <laughs> You know, and I think that's honestly where a lot of it stems from is the, uh, well, no, I, I'm healthy. I'm, I'm a law-abiding. I'm, I'm conservative. I, I just, I don't go off the reservation. And I think it, uh, it hinders people and prevents a lot of people from trying it. Very, very funny. So it's crazy. We get people, that I only see it because, you know, we have now that people come into our office all the time, our headquarters, because they want to talk to us personally. They have issues and either doctors send them or whatever. But... A lot of times what happens is they'll come in for a friend. Maybe they're picking up for a family member. Like really a friend, not yeah. just for a friend. Right, no, no, like really a friend. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, they are anti cannabis That's what this is. Weed you were right, right. 18, right. Not that friend. <laughs> not that friend. No, they're literally coming in going, I'm picking up for a family member that has worked so well. You know, I wanted to get, maybe they're older. You know, they're picking up for something. Maybe they're out of state. Maybe they're not compute, you know, savvy, so they don't want to go online and order. But my point is they come in. Okay. I need these things. I don't know. Salve. Pure relief. Pure sleep. Whatever it is. And I go, well, have you ever tried CBD? No. No. I would never. I would never. Because of what you just said. And I said, okay, well, well, tell me a little bit about that. Why, why is that? So you know that your own, I mean, come on, your own family. Look, they always say blood's thicker than water, right? I mean, that's your own family saying, I need you to go get this for me. It works for me. So everybody else is nuts <laughs> and it doesn't work. <laughs> and you're the same one because you don't want it. I mean, there's got to be a reason. So we start talking and I do something very usually as I say, do you have any pain in your neck or do you have anything? Now it's not ingestible. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just a topical. And we do, we take the roll on and we put it on somebody's neck. And nice. now, you know, remember they don't have to ingest anything. Sure. There's not really a, sure. a, like that barrier. And then they go, Oh, well, first of all, right off the bat, what is it? They're not high. Yeah. Cause that's the number one. Like I'm, they're going to get high. They're going to alter me in some way. B doesn't even work. Because either they've tried something at wherever yep. and it didn't work for them, sure. or they just think it's witchcraft and, and it must just be something that they're putting out there that doesn't work because it's not from a doctor. And the only thing that a doctor, you know, doctor is the only, is, is gospel. Mm-hmm. And I do think that we need to understand how to be a little more educated with that. Well, you know? They come in and they say, I don't want to get high. If they have no problem taking an opioid or something that's... Good. Well, that's what I'm saying, because it's from a doctor. Like, right. Yeah. And no, okay, well, this you can't drive. Okay. Okay. Well, you tell them, well, you know, maybe you might have a trouble. Maybe not try driving. I don't want anything about that. I got to drive. But you're sitting there carrying around how many milligrams? <laughs> right. And how about if it's not even controlled like that? How about if it's just an SSRI for depression? Oh, by the way, it has suicidal and homicidal ideation associated with it. I mean, you know. 
Yeah. I mean, no, but seriously, like if that was someone did this into the camera, that's how it should be in a commercial. They should they should have the girl riding on the tra- on the on the horse, and everything's great, and the sun's setting, and not sunset, you know, problems, yeah, just yeah. on the sun setting. And they start to go into the uh, side effects, and then somebody just stared at the camera like. Oh. <laughs> like I don't write whatever else out because I don't homeless homies um suicidal and homicidal thoughts. Yeah. Killing people. Oh, it's a big deal. You have to be aware of them. People are depressed. I mean, we're supposedly giving this to them so they're not so depressed to commit suicide, or we increase the risk of suicide by giving them the med. It's genius. Can somebody I mean I'll tell you it is one hell of a racket. And yeah. it cost him over one. Right. But see, this is the problem. And then what happens on my side? I'm just a tree hugging hippie. No, seriously. Yeah, that no. that's that's the that's the this is where we go. So now I'm pushing a natural alternative that I must be selling witch uh, witchcraft and snake oil. Your whole family has come in for a reason, or have you come in to get products? But I'm crazy because I would like you to try something and get off of the thing that's probably causing. The side effects that you talk from something else that you got or whatever. Sure. And just you try the roll. And so they try the roll and they go, oh, wow. Okay. And it's well, fast that, acting. And it's well, super fast acting. So then they'll try and they'll go, oh, my God. My neck feels like, I mean, I can, it's much more pliable. I have no more pain. I'm like, do you have a pain in your neck and your knee? Or do you have some? I go, okay, now understand. Imagine that for other issues. Maybe you don't take a bottle of wine to go to sleep. Maybe we don't take that Tylenol PM or the Ambien where you wake up naked in a cornfield running backwards. Um, you know, you wake up. And <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Where's it going with it? But, but, uh, but, but maybe you do. Uh, <laughs> but I'm saying, but, but why don't you just try something that actually puts you into REM? You get a great night's sleep. It's not addictive. You wake up like a million bucks. You feel it's helped with inflammation. It's helped with your pain. It's helped with your mental psyche. It's probably helped with some of the medical issues that you have with maybe depression, maybe anxiety, because you're getting more sleep and it's it's a natural oh, yeah. healer. Yeah. So we're not telling you that it's the it's the you know it's a golden uh, you know it's a silver, silver bullet, bullet here you know or a golden arrow. I kind of put it golden together. Naked, and yeah. uh, but but my point is is it's like we're always saying using conjunction. We're not making any claims that this is something that is going to be the end all be all. Uh, let's, let's let's stop on that. We haven't yeah. mentioned that. Yeah, this should, can still be used with your meds. Right. Yeah, you don't have to sacrifice your, your, your meds you're on already if you're stable to use it and try. The, there are some drug interactions, but they're very, very mild and they're really dose dependent, which means you got to be drinking a liter of this stuff. So do you want to go through that? Just because I don't know if anyone, any of the minor side of because we, we did talk about, we always want to talk about the positives and the negatives. Well, it's, it's, it's hard to do because a lot of them are drug specific. Oh, oh, on your drugs. I already yeah, know yeah. what you meant. Yeah, I mean like Sorry. pharmaceuticals, yes, right. there is some interaction with, with cannabinoids. Right. Okay. I understand. So there's, there's one other thing I want to mention though, because I thought about this and I really, really want to mention this before we get going here is... A lot of people are on opioids, and they can use this to help them get off opioids. People go, okay, it's an anti-inflammatory, it's an analgesic, it's pain relieving. But what it also is really useful for is the side effects of coming off opioids for withdrawal. The withdrawal symptoms are typically sympathetically mediated. Just stick with me on this. It's sweats and gut gripe, agitation, diarrhea, irritation, insomnia. These are 
These are the symptoms of withdrawal when you're legitimately trying to come down slowly and come off of an opiate, which we should all strive to do with our patients. And normally, in a human way, people suffer with that, and they're like, I, I, I can't. I can't come off. I need this because I, I, you know, I can't leave the house. I'm sweating. I'm so nervous. Cannabinoids, specifically CBD, because of its broad-spectrum aspect, works really well on a number of those symptoms and you get anorexia commonly with it when you're off because of the nausea and stuff like that. It can treat a multitude of symptoms when you're withdrawing. And I'm not even talking full bone withdrawal because you're a heroin junkie and you, you ran out of junk, right? I'm talking people legitimately being titrated down off their narcotics because they've reached that plateau where they don't work and their dose was just escalated. And we're like, look, they're not working for it. We, they're just keeping you from going to withdraw at this point. They're not even treating your pain. You're still a 7 out of 10 pain and you're on 100 milligrams of morphine a day. Let's bring you back down and let's reevaluate and restart this. Let's get you off of this stuff. And uh, so that's something I want to mention because we don't talk, I haven't seen it talked about anywhere in the literature. Nobody talking it's about the utility point. of CBD for detox, for, with, for coming off of opioids. Because we treat that a lot here. Yeah. Like it's something that we treat, a doctor, I mean when I say not, when I say we treat it, you know, meaning we do have people that come in, but because we do, you know, sell to doctors and healthcare professionals, that's really our main way that we distribute our products is through the medical, uh, the medical system. I mean, we're not in like, you know, we're not in head shops, we're not in mobile, we're not in gas stations. I chose to take the direction of the company because we do customs regulations directly to doctors and healthcare professionals, pharmacies, wellness centers, but people that have a background in medical, that are going to be using it for the right reasons, they're going to be able to, to maybe take uh, a really good look at their patient by monitoring them mm -hmm. and see how if there was a drug on drug interaction, they would know, but also how they could interject. But my point is, is these are what the doctors tell us. How many patients they were able to get off of opiates or titrate them down. I'm telling you, all the athletes that we have on the show, they go, I wish I had I mean, there's so many athletes that come on and go, I wish they did that for me. I wish that somebody helped me get off these horrible things that they were pumping with because they just wanted to get on the ice or get on the field or perform. And it's just, I'm so glad you touched on it. I'm glad you touched on it. And it's great because you have a full day and get all this and find all the information as well. Exactly. That's PureWorld.com. Anybody who goes there, you go put in the code HEMHIRE at checkout, we'll be 20% off. Just so you can start trying some of these things that we've been talking about. Today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, for now, I do want to say, uh, as much as time is running out, and we've had a great time with Clinton here, we can do this all day, and maybe we might have to. But uh, we want to say thank you for taking the time to actually uh, really enlighten us on some things that you know, even us really want to encourage you to. So.